The Biden's DOJ dismisses a lawsuit against the University of Vermont Medical Center for coercing a nurse to assist with an abortion upon threat of career termination. The University of Louisville School of Medicine, whose professors run the last abortion facility in the state, expelled a pro-life medical student for expressing pro-life views. And Simone Biles illustrates a core tenet of this progressive elitism. Abortions on thee, but not on me. As science, loosely defined, replaces God in America, the scientists and doctors change their lab coats to cassocks, and the theocracy of secular progressivism damns any who dissent. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you have not given the show a rating and review yet, please do that. It really helps us reach more people. Uh, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes podcast, go ahead and leave us a rating and review. Um, share this episode and show with a friend. And I believe it's very important at a very important time in our country as we're starting to experience some of the consequences of not contending for our natural rights in the public square. But that actually began in 1973 when we removed the natural right to life to an entire class of human beings. And as you've heard me say, a government that ignores and denies the natural right to life to an entire class of human beings cannot be trusted to protect any other rights that flow from that first and most important of all rights. So give the show a rating and review. We really appreciate it. So Biden's Department of Justice just dismissed a lawsuit that was filed to protect nurses from being coerced into performing abortions or assisting with abortions. And we discussed this before during the Trump administration. Thankfully, there was the Office of Civil Rights and Conscience Protections that was actually involved in bringing legal action against hospitals who had a policy where they could discriminate against nurses and medical professionals who did not want to perform or assist with abortions. Well, now the most pro-abortion administration in American history is um, fulfilling their liberal creed of redefining human nature so that not all humans are persons. And if you disagree with their strange, Gnostic, dualistic religious views, you will be treated as a heretic of the religion of secular progressivism. And so uh, Roger Severino, writing for the National Review, who was, if you recall, the director of the Office of Civil Rights at the HHS under Trump, writes this piece entitled, Becerra and Biden Betray Medical Professionals Being Forced to Assist in Abortions. I'll read you a segment of this piece here. He does a phenomenal job laying out what's happening in the case for conscience rights. And it's creepy stuff. It's disturbing stuff. It, it's disturbing enough that we kill babies in this country, but most people, even if they're pro-choice, can agree with pro-lifers that those who have religious and or moral objections to abortions should not be coerced upon threat of career termination to perform or assist with abortions. That used to be a bipartisan position. Well, not anymore. So here's what Roger Severino writes at National Review. Don't hate me. According to a lawsuit filed by the Department of Justice last year, that is what an abortionist at the University of Vermont Medical Center said to a nurse before she forced her to assist in the termination of a child's life on pain of losing her job and potentially her license if she refused. Wow. 
The nurse in the case had informed her bosses well beforehand that she could not participate in abortion because of her religious and moral convictions. Her right to such a demurrer is protected by federal law, known as the Church Amendments, which Congress passed unanimously in direct response to Roe v. Wade. Again, once just to go back to the fact that this used to be incredibly bipartisan. 1973, Roe v. Wade, abortion on demand. Same year, Church Amendments, bipartisan, through the Senate, saying, yeah, of course, you shouldn't be forced to um, assist with an abortion. Roger Severino continues and says, the facts were stunning in their clarity. The victim was extremely credible and sympathetic, and the violator remained entirely callous and unrepentant. Of course, the violator being the doctor, abortionist, who threatened to fire this nurse if she didn't help with the abortion. The University of Vermont Medical Center matter was the most open and shut conscience case in over a decade. I say it was because on Friday, the DOJ quietly and voluntarily dismissed the case. Um, now, this was um, written on August 3rd, so the Friday before the, the, that day. They just completely dismissed the case. No admission of guilt, no injunction, no corrective action, no settlement, no nothing. Worse yet, because the victim has few to no options to sue on her own due to nuances around private rights of action, the Biden administration is effectively giving the University of Vermont Medical Center a full pardon and will continue to give it federal funds, despite it having been found by HHS to have violated the law. Uh, so, I mean, this is wild. And, and this, is, this is something that Democrats in the HHS and in the DOJ just maybe 10 years ago would have been prosecuting, would have been on board with targeting this hospital for coercing a nurse to perform or assist with an abortion. Now, from a sort of moral perspective, what does this mean for pro-life healthcare providers and clinicians and nurses and doctors? Well, it super sucks, but it actually doesn't mean a lot. It doesn't really mean anything because you cannot, under any circumstances, participate in such a direct act of evil. It doesn't matter what the consequences for you will be politically, socially, or morally. It doesn't matter how you're targeted for dissenting from this alternative religion of progressivism. You cannot participate in such an act of direct evil. Assisting in the murder of an innocent human being who is created in the image of God and at that moment being knit together in their mother's womb. You cannot participate in such an evil. So regardless of how the Biden administration may try to target such nurses who have religious oppositions to abortion, we simply cannot participate. But this is not the first time that elitists pretending to be God have demanded that others kill babies as, as proof of their devotion to these pretend gods. And what am I talking about? Well, you probably remember if you're a Christian from scripture, Pharaoh commanded the Hebrew midwives to kill babies, very similar to this uh, pharaoh-like, small-g, god-like doctor who's telling others that they must kill babies. In Exodus 1, 15 through 20, it says, Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and you see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and let the male children live? 
The midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. Right, they're coming up with a reason and excuse um, to, to, to avoid some penalty. But of course, they were fearing and obeying God. And so it says, so God dealt well with the midwives. Yes, there is a blessing from God when we obey and choose to honor him before the small g godlike pharaohs who want to deify themselves and demand that you bow. And so this is not the first time that this has happened in human history, but it is a nasty aspect of human nature to rule over others. And if you can justify the killing of an innocent human being and coerce others into doing so, what else can you not accomplish. But a lot of this revolves around Xavier Becerra, who you may recall is now serving as the Director of Health and Human Services, but was formerly a California Attorney General. He was the one who was prosecuting David Daleiden and Sandra Merritt for their undercover journalism, exposing Planned Parenthood for selling the dead baby body parts that they killed to third parties for extra cash, violating federal law doing so. Well, Xavier Becerra now runs the Health and Human Services, and he's been the most notorious violator of conscience laws, of the freedom of conscience and natural right of individuals to say, despite the current state of affairs that abortion may be legal, I will not participate in any way in that injustice. Well, Xavier Becerra is one of the greatest fetal bigots in the country, one of the most intolerant religious bigots in the country because of his hatred of Protestants and Catholics, of Christians who don't want to participate or promote abortions. In fact, Xavier Becerra went all the way to the Supreme Court to try and force Christians to violate their consciences. He tried to force pro-life pregnancy centers in California to refer pregnant mothers to free abortion services, to literally put information on the walls of their pregnancy center as to where you can go to get free abortions. This is like telling PETA that they have to advertise where the local butchery is to get recently murdered cows for your hamburgers. Of course, the left would lose their ever-loving, hateful minds if conservatives tried to do that. But if you do it to pro-lifers and force them to refer for killing babies, I guess that's just science, right? The, the science of leftism that's a political cudgel to hit over the heads of their opponents. As California Attorney General, Xavier Becerra also sued the federal government to protect California's regulation to force churches to pay for abortions in their health care plans. And our, our good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel Chino Hills is still wrapped up in a lawsuit over this to say, no, we're not going to pay for abortions in our health care plans. In 2019, Becerra sued the Little Sisters of the Poor. Yes, he likes to sue Catholic nuns because he wants them to be forced to pay for contraception and abortifacients in their health care plans, even though Catholics have a moral um, opposition to contraception and, of course, to abortifacients. And because they're nuns and they've taken a vow to not have sex, very strange that he wants nuns' health care plans to fund abortions. Well, as Roger Severino says in this article, the fox is now running the hen house, folks. The, the fox of Xavier Becerra is now running the HHS which is also turning a blind eye to protecting the conscience rights of this nurse who was told by an abortionist, a doctor of death, a priest of secular progressivism, that you better assist with me in killing this baby or you're going to lose your job and maybe your medical license. So folks, what happens when the religion of Christianity clashes with the religion of secular progressivism? Well, Christians must be made to bow, 
right? This is why abortion is ultimately an act of idolatry. It's us playing God and requiring that others kill babies as well, that we can make ourselves God, that we can decide who lives and who dies. If you can coerce and manipulate someone, as this doctor did at the University of Vermont Medical Center, into killing an innocent human being simply because you demand it, then there is nothing you can't accomplish through the same coercive means, right? If, if, if you were to allow yourself to be coerced into participating in the killing of an innocent human being, what else could you not be coerced into doing if you can descend to those depths of depravity? If you can coerce someone into killing an innocent human being and get away with it, scot-free, as this hospital did, because the Biden administration dropped the lawsuit. If you can coerce someone into participating into that act of evil and you can get away with it without any consequences, because, right, abortion's healthcare and healthcare science, <laughs> you can't be opposed to science, then there is nothing else that you can't get away with as the oppressor, as the doer of evil, so long as the powers that be, of course, are zealots of the same religion, for they will simply look the other way. The Biden administration, the DOJ, is now run with zealots of secular progressivism, serving under the high priests of that religion in science and in the academy, who are proselytizing into their religion. As long as that power structure exists, we call it the swamp, the blob, the liberal establishment, to turn a blind eye to this evil, to this violation of federal law, then you can get away with it, right? This is ultimately about the exercise of power and the exercise of power to, to force you to comply to their religion. And if the cult of death, otherwise known as secular humanism or progressivism, can get even the Christians to participate in the evil of abortion, then their dominance will be complete. Now, I feel for this nurse. I can't imagine what she's going through. But let me be very clear. She could have said no. Right? Just like the Hebrew midwives feared God and said no to Pharaoh. She could have said no and accepted the consequence of losing her job or her medical license. But she did participate in that act of evil. She did assist without abortion. She could have walked out of the room. So if the cult of death can get even Christians to participate in something as evil as abortion, their dominance will be complete. For those who can be coerced into participating with evil can more easily be coerced into doing nothing to stop such evil. Let me say that again. For those who can be coerced into participating with evil, if you can pull that off, something as evil as abortion, it is far more easy to coerce someone into doing nothing to stop such evil. Apathy, right? Standing in the middle, in middle of the road, taking the position of neutrality, simply doing nothing to stop the evil that you see, even though you might not be directly participating in that evil. And unfortunately, this is what destroys the world. And this is what has destroyed America. And this is what will continue to destroy America until the people who know better do something to stop the evil that they see, namely the killing of innocent human beings. Albert Einstein put this perfectly when he said, the world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything, who stand by and do nothing. And isn't this our critique against the Germans and the Christians in Germany during the Holocaust. Isn't this our critique against those 
in the chattel slavery South of the 1850s is that they knew better. They watched what was happening and they did nothing. Well, this is the only real theocracy in America today, the theocracy of scientism, of secular humanism, who masquerade their uh, heretical, very strange Gnostic religious beliefs as just science. Because then if you disagree with them, they just label you an anti-science bigot. How could you not believe in science, the observable facts of the universe and of the human body coming to observable conclusions? Just follow the science, man. And then we look as some type of ignorant rubes. Uh, somehow not as enlightened as the elitist class. Well, it's, it's not science, it's an alternative religion that slaps science onto their bigotry to silence you. As Cardinal Manning once beautifully put it, all human conflict, all human conflict is ultimately theological. These political and moral debates and arguments that we have in our culture wars ultimately come down to theological disagreements, religious disagreements, first principles. What does it mean to be human? Where does human value come from? Are we equally valuable? Where do our rights come from? Why should I respect you? What makes us different from the beasts and the trees and other forms of life? These are ultimately theological debates and from that flow certain political and moral realities. Well, the scientific and political beliefs of Xavier Becerra, Joe Biden, and the entire liberal establishment aren't really scientific or political beliefs, are they? The beliefs that animate their support for abortion, their insistence that pro-life Christian nurses be coerced into performing abortions are fundamentally religious beliefs, right? If at bottom, their beliefs are, are religious. From those beliefs flow their political beliefs. And that impacts and upends the entire culture. Well, what kind of religious beliefs do they hold? Well, beliefs like there is no God. So I am God, <laughs> right? Or the belief of Gnostic dualism, which has been declared a heresy by the church, which says that the real you is not your body. The real you is the intangible soul. Not the body. There's a difference between your body and the real you. Well, the soul, they claim, doesn't exist until it can function as an autonomous, independent being. And the unborn doesn't have those animating features, so they're not persons, right? That's their belief. It's a very strange kind of belief. It's almost like not all humans are persons, kind of like what they said about black people or Jews, right? <laughs> That's a very strange religious belief that, that we're just shells who house the real person. So there are no such, you've never hugged your grandmother, right? Because you can't hug a, a, a soul and the real soul is the person and the body is just a shell we live in. That's an animating belief of secular progressivism. It also animates transgenderism, right? Because they say, you may have been born a boy, but if you feel like a girl inside, the real you is how you feel inside, not who I actually see before me. I mean, these are religious beliefs that are par for the course in their political movement. What about relativism? It says there is no truth. No one can know objective truth. Except me, of course, when I claim that there is no truth. I, I had to have access to truth to determine that there is no truth. Uh, it's another strange kind of religious belief, kind of a Gnostic special knowledge that only you have, but the rest of us don't. And then, of course, they claim that they know that, that pro-lifers are objectively wrong when they say that abortion is wrong, but you just claim there was no truth. I mean, 
this is very strange. In transgenderism, they say that, well, human nature is not fixed. It's endlessly malleable, right? So human nature is just a gelatinous blob <laughs> on which we assert our creative power to mold it to shape our own liking. So chop off your penis if you feel like you're a girl and reinvent yourself as a girl, right? Wow, that's, that sounds sort of like a creation story. Almost sounds like you're trying to be God. <laughs> so all of these beliefs that they have ultimately come down to fundamental foundational religious beliefs, but they masquerade it as science, right? They, they masquerade it as an alternative politics that can accomplish true equity and human equality, right? Barack Obama's famous line, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice, right? It doesn't bend towards depravity, apparently, as any good historian would say. It, it bends towards justice. We're always getting more just. We're always getting better. And it's up to us, right, to use politics to perfect human nature. Just tinker around with human nature till you get the formula right. Well, those sound like very godlike features. So as science, loosely defined, replaces God, the scientists and doctors change their lab coats to cassocks, and the theocracy of secular progressivism damns any who dissent. You assist with this abortion or you're going to lose your job, you Christian pro-life bigoted nurse. Well, I hope that's something that we can contend against. But what happens when an alternative religion tells Christians to obey them over God, well, then our reply must always be that of Peter and the apostles in Acts 5, when they responded to the Sanhedrin by saying, we must obey God rather than human beings. That's right, because you're another human being, you're not God. And my loyalty and allegiance goes to God first. So whether it's being fired for refusing to perform or assist with killing babies, or it's getting expelled for dissenting to the religion of secular progressivism, obeying God rather than human beings infuriates the leftist theocracy. For our dissent to their alternative religious theocracy is a reminder that they are not God, that they are just puny little actors in the long historical line of authoritarianism that always ends in despair. And we're going to get to that next, okay? But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the abortion wars and the pro-life movement, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash unaborted and consider becoming a patron of the show. You can check out our tiers and you'll get different perks and rewards. It's just a thank you for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. We want to expand our production value, create more episodes, create diverse types of content where we take the ideas that we talk about on this show that you appreciate into the public square, have conversations with people, challenge their deeply held but unrecognized assumptions on abortion in order to change minds, change hearts, and save lives. And your support helps us accomplish that goal. Thanks so much, and we'll be right back with a whole lot more. Welcome back to the show. So whether it's being threatened with the loss of your job because you won't agree to participate in the theocracy of leftism and scientism, which says we must kill babies in abortion because they're not persons, or whether it's being expelled from universities 
for expressing pro-life views that oppose and dissent from the liberal establishments and the halls of academia's Gnostic elitism, there are consequences to standing for truth. And it's more important now than ever before that we stand for the most basic of truths, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that we're created equal, endowed by our creator with rights, and among those are firstly the right to life. And while a student recently at the University of Louisville School of Medicine was expelled for holding and articulating pro-life beliefs. According to Live Action News on August 11th, a piece entitled University with Ties to Abortion Industry expels pro-life medical student. They report that a fourth-year medical student has filed a lawsuit against 14 people associated with the University of Louisville School of Medicine, including the president, Neely Benda Bendapudi. Now, this student, Austin Clark, was just months away from graduation when he was expelled, a decision that he believes was retaliation for his outspoken pro-life beliefs. Wow, it's, it's almost kind of like an excommunication from the religion of scientism for dissenting. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how you should be viewing this. Clark said the harassment began in 2018 when he tried to invite Alex McFarland to give a pro-life presentation on behalf of Medical Students for Life, of which Clark was a member, and the Christian Medical and Dental Association. From then until he was expelled in 2020, Clark said he faced regular punishments and opposition from university staff. Wow. So, I mean, obviously, I, again, I hope this disturbs you. I hope this is an episode you can share with pro-choice friends. To wake them up to the reality that there can be no dissent in the cult of death. And the abortion industry and abortion on demand is an animating feature of the cult of death, which finds its safest home in the Democratic Party. For pro-choice moderates that you might know, you need to wake them up to get woke to these realities, that in participating in the liberal creed of pro-choice, that not all humans are persons and it's her body, her choice, you are agreeing to the natural political end of such a belief, which is that we should, we should punish those who dissent from our creed. And this student has now been expelled shortly before graduating in order to become a doctor because he articulated pro-life beliefs. You see, in the theocracy of secular progressivism, the church in that religion is the halls of academia, the sacred halls of academia, where the priests are the scientists and the professors. And if the academy today, which I'll argue is now a fundamentally religious institution, then the students of the academy must be proselytized and equipped to serve the needs and goals of the state church of scientism. And anyone who dissents must be excommunicated or expelled will be the language that they use. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's ironic, Seth, because this is a medical school which exists for scientific inquiry, for understanding the science of the human body, and maybe the science of biology, which says that human beings begin at the moment of conception, and how to best care for people. Seth, that's so ironic that a medical school would be pro-abortion and expel a pro-life student who acknowledges the science, the biology, of when human beings become human. Ah, but you see, it's not ironic. This is what you need to get woken up to. For the left, this is not irony, it's cynicism. It's not ironic, it's cynical. Because if real science, <laughs> right, that 
human life begins at the moment of conception. If real science threatens their religion, which masquerades as science, then the science must be ignored and set aside. So real science takes a backseat to ideology, right? And to evidence-based medicine. Because medicine and science is just a sticker that they slap onto their bigotry in order to keep you silent, in order to hit their political opponents over the head as being anti-science. Do you see? Wake up. It's not ironic to them. It's cynical. They don't care about real science. It's cynical because the left claims, as the left, I'm using this broadly, is secular humanism, secular progressivism, relativism, right? They're, they're animating worldviews. The left claims that the, the only real forms of knowledge, so the only things that we can really know, are those which can be tested through the five senses, right? That which you can hear, see, taste, smell, and touch. If you can't test something through the five senses, it doesn't represent real knowledge. It's not objective. It's purely subjective. It's based on how you feel. It's mere opinion, right? So this is why they say, well, don't like abortion, don't have one. If you want to be pro-life, that's fine, but don't do anything to live out those beliefs and take abortions away from me. Oh, you're a Christian, you think God exists? That's fine, right? But I don't think he exists, and so don't live as a Christian in a way that would impact me. Coexist, right? The most famous bumper sticker in the country. Why can't all these religions coexist? Always lead to God. Well, no, they don't. And the C in coexist is the Muslim moon who wants to kill half the other letters. But they won't acknowledge these realities. They'll say that morality, religion, philosophy, none of these things represent real knowledge and truth. The only things that can truly be known are the things that can be tested through the five senses. Now, why do I say this? Because can their belief that the unborn human being shouldn't receive human rights, can that belief be tested through the five senses? No. That's a philosophical belief. That's a religious belief. You can't, <laughs> you can't prove through science, right, that, that some human beings with a human nature and with human DNA whose human life have already begun don't deserve human rights. Now you're drifting into philosophy, right? Now I believe that you can come to real forms of objective knowledge in philosophy and religion, but the left says no, that you can't. It's only science. So you see, they can't even test and prove their own beliefs through science, which they claim is the only real form of knowledge. So it's just cynicism, it's just cynical. Science is just a cudgel to beat their opponents into adopting what is not a scientific belief, but a deeply held religious belief. And a heresy at that. The heresy of body self-dualism. The church declared a heresy for hundreds of years, Gnostic dualism which says that the real you is not your body, it's who you are inside. So we're just shells and the real us is our soul, which we can't see, hug, or touch, or taste. And so, yep, not all humans are persons. And so if Mr. Clark, who was expelled from this university, points to the science to explain his pro-life beliefs, well, then the priests of secular progressivism at the University of Louisville School of Medicine simply reply, well, we don't like that kind of science. We don't actually like the science. We just like our religious beliefs, which we masquerade as science. This article continues and says, Clark claims that over the course of two years, his professors at the University of Louisville retaliated against him for being pro-life, calling him stupid and asking if his, quote, brain was working. <laughs> right, because they see people like him and like you as rubes, right? 
as heretics of their religion, who must then be persecuted. He claims he was subjected to abuse and says his grades were even changed. He also says he was forced to sign a professionalism contract that other students had not been required to sign. In his lawsuit, Clark alleges that he was, quote, physically harassed and bullied as well. Clark admitted to telling a professor, Dr. Thomas Neely, quote, you are not going to treat me this way, and quote, you are the worst preceptor I have ever had. Neely reportedly later, quote, refused to allow Clark to meet with him in his office and required him to sit in a chair in the hallway and speak through an open doorway. <laughs> Wait, you mean like confession? You mean like the priest is on one side and the small people are on another side and they have to confess their sins to this person who acts as a mediator between some sovereign being and the individual who's paying penance? <laughs> if you don't see the religious aspects of leftism, I, I, don't, I, don't, I got nothing else for you. The lawsuit also alleges that Clark's grades were arbitrarily changed to make him fail, even though he claims to have objectively passed. He also says that he was forced to choose between facing potential dismissal after a meeting with the Student Promotions Committee or taking a medical leave if he refused to sign a professionalism agreement. Wow. Well, it's almost as, he was, as if he was forced to perform penance for his sins against the religion of scientism. But it gets worse. The University of Louisville School of Medicine may be one of the highest and most sacred religious institutions in the religion of scientism. Here's why I believe that. For this medical school employs what I'll call two of the three priests of leftism, two of the three priests of scientism, which in my calculation would represent scientists, academics, and politicians, right? And this is, you've probably seen Hollywood's treatment of politicians. So crazy leftist Hollywood celebrities treat politicians as celebrities, whereas like 100 years ago, it was the politicians in the American public who treated Hollywood celebrities as celebrities, but now politicians have become celebrities because they're priests of an alternative religion. Well, the University of Louisville School of Medicine um, converges in these two forms of religious individuals and priests, those of scientists and those of academics. Here's what I mean by this. The academics are the professors, but interestingly enough, some of the academics at this university also double as scientists and doctors in the cult of death, the abortion industry. It, uh, this is a religious way to make this point. Some of these professors perform abortions. Some of the, the academic priests, the professor priests, right, who proselytize the next generation into their religion, also double as the other priests in the religion of scientism, which is the scientists, the doctors, right? The medical leaders who represent sort of the scientific establishment, right? Here's what I mean by this. The article says, Dr. Ernest Marshall, okay, has been a professor at the University of Louisville School of Medicine for nearly 40 years, and he also owns EMW Women's Surgical Center, the last abortion facility still open in the state of Kentucky. So one of the longest-serving tenured professors at this school of medicine is the freaking owner of the local abortion center, which murders babies under the mantle of science, right? 
Quote, there have also been allegations of an improper relationship between the university and EMW Women's Surgical Center, particularly through the school's Ryan Residency, which trains medical students to commit abortions. <laughs> so this university is not only proselytizing future academics to become sort of deacons of this alternative religion, but also into the scientists and doctors of death who perform women's reproductive justice, right, which is abortion. Additionally, all of Kentucky's abortions are reportedly committed by professors at the university. So probably the last open and operating abortion center in Kentucky, everyone there who performs abortions is also a professor at the university. I mean, this is just a beautiful convergence of leftist priests, right? This is what they love. These are the elites, right? These are those with special knowledge. A spokesperson for the Kentucky Family Foundation, Martin Cothran, said documents suggest, quote, the only remaining abortion clinic in Kentucky is being run as an official or quasi-official arm of the University of Louisville's medical school. And that, quote, not only is U of L involved in the abortion clinic activities, but the clinic operates for all practical purposes as an extension of the medical school's program. At this point, this medical school is not a medical school because the people responsible for training up the next generation of doctors are themselves the ones who are violating their Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. Well, far from doing no harm, they're training others to do harm and are killing the babies of the local students of that university and the local young people who live in Louisville who go to have their babies killed by the professors at this university who double as scientists and doctors of death at the EMW Women's Surgical Center. Disturbing stuff, huh? Sick stuff. But this is what you should expect from the only real theocracy that exists in America today. It's not a theocracy of Christians or Protestants or Catholics. It's a theocracy of secular progressives whose animating religious belief is secular humanism. But I want to turn to this last story before we wrap up today of Simone Biles because I think she teaches us an important lesson. I think she illustrates sort of this core tenet of the, this progressive elitism that we're discussing which is abortions on thee, but not on me, right? Or murder on you, but not on me. Because what is abortion except the killing of an innocent human being who happens to just be a little bit smaller? Live Action News reporting on this. Former foster child Simone Biles argues it's better to be aborted than in foster care. And she actually posted on Instagram articulating her beliefs on this to the letdown, of course, of, to a lot of her fans who thought maybe she was sort of Catholic, Christian, maybe pro-life. Here's what she said. I already know this is going to start the biggest argument and may even lose followers, but I'm very much pro-choice. Your body, your choice. Also, for everyone who's going to say, just put it up for adoption, it's not that easy. And coming from someone who was in the foster care system, trust me, foster care system is broken and it's tough especially on the kids and young adults who age out, and adoption is expensive. I'm just saying, and don't even come at me if you couldn't keep a mask on or refuse to wear one. Well, <laughs> I mean, she had to throw in that last little thing. Real pro-lifers wear face diapers and harm their own respiratory system and health, and they put them on kids who aren't at risk of COVID because that's what loving neighbor and being pro-life means. Well, spare me your science, right? Spare me your scientism. She gets that last jab in at the end. But what she's saying, well, let's translate that. She's saying, I overcame a difficult childhood in the foster care system, and I don't want to be murdered. I'm a very accomplished athlete. I have a good life. Um, of course, she has trauma. We know that she was abused. We know that this is, she's had a difficult life. 
But of course she's grateful for her life. Of course she doesn't want to be murdered now. So she was strong enough to overcome her difficult life circumstances. But other babies and children, you know, they can't overcome like me, right? Because I'm a lead, right? And so we need to be able to kill them before they have the chance to overcome and build a successful life in America like I, Simone Biles, have been able to do. I mean, talk about elitism, right? Talk about privilege. Talk about taking life for granted, my goodness. But this is a core tenet of progressive elitism, right? Abortion's on thee, but not on me. Or born privilege. I'm born, so don't hurt me now, <laughs> but hurt other babies who are in the womb. Because abortion is simply killing an innocent human being, right? The size, development, and lack of cognitive abilities in the baby, in the womb, don't change the nature of the act or its evil. It's just as wrong to kill someone in the womb as outside the womb. It's just as wrong to kill smaller people as bigger people. The very arguments, of course, used to justify abortion ground rights in our functions and capacities, all of which come in varying degrees, right? So what are the arguments for abortion? Oh, you can kill babies because they're smaller, but that size comes in varying degrees. Oh, you can kill them because they don't have desires yet. Well, desires come in varying degrees. Some people are suicidally tendent and they don't have a desire to go on living. Oh, you can kill the baby because they're, they're not self-aware yet. Well, self-awareness comes in varying degrees. When you're in a coma or you're unconscious or you're sleeping, you're not as self-aware as me when I'm awake, right? And, and then some people with cognitive disabilities are not as self-aware as others. So can we kill the people who have a less degree of self-awareness than us? No, of course not, right? You see, but, but pro-choice arguments ground rights in our functions and capacities, all of which come in varying degrees. If the baby can be killed for having a smaller degree of those functions, then why can't parents kill their born toddlers who also have a smaller degree of those functions than them? You see, herein lies the greatest danger of the pro-abortion argument. Pro-choicers put into place the premises that justified their own murder, their own enslavement, their own mistreatment. Put simply, the argument for abortion cannot be confined to the womb, right? Those arguments work equally well as a justification for killing those outside the womb. So I make this point to pose this question. Simone Biles, would you approve of killing infants and toddlers in the foster care system? Because to quote you, it's broken and tough. Right, and you know, it's, it's such a tough system. So you can't just say, put it up for adoption, put it in the foster care system. You can't just say that because that's broken and tough and so I'm pro-choice, that's why we need abortion. Well, why not kill those already born in the foster care system? Spare them that, that difficult and broken future that you just articulated, right? Well, something, something tells me she would say no. So if not, why do you reserve such aborticide abusive treatment just for the pre-born? Right, but you draw a line after birth, and, and then you don't apply your same arguments to justify killing born people. I'm sure Simone Biles is glad she wasn't aborted. I'm sure she's grateful for her life. Yet the Simone Biles in the womb is the same person we see today, performing such magnificent physical feats. If she's valuable now, she was valuable then, for she was still she, right? This, there's a continuity between who we became at the moment of conception and who we are today. And this reminds me of what Abraham Lincoln wrote to H.L. Pierce on April 6, 1859. He said, This is a world of compensation, and he who would be no slave must consent to have no slave. Those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves, and under a just God cannot long retain it. It's beautiful insight from Lincoln, right? Those who would be no slave 
must consent to have no slave. If you wouldn't want to be a slave, you have to promise to not enslave others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So she who would not be aborted must consent to not abort or defend aborting other babies who can't defend themselves. Of course, the high priests of secular progressivism would never allow themselves to be aborted or to be killed this side of the womb, but they'll champion the slaughter of others. And if you're a senator in today's Democratic Party, you'll champion that slaughter for abortion survivors who were supposed to be killed in the womb, but those little babies survived. Dang it. They made it outside of the womb. The abortionist botched that abortion procedure. Now you've got a baby flailing around on the doctor's table. Kill him! Because they vetoed and voted against the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act dozens of times. So what does that tell you? It was never about the science. That's what it tells you. It was about power. It was about their journey to become gods. They would never consent to be abused, would they? They would never consent to be aborted or killed or mistreated. But they'll approve of others being abused and mistreated. They'll, they'll acknowledge the science that they're a human being. Nancy Pelosi will praise out all the grandchildren she has. And having many, I believe she has five or six children herself, because she understands that those were babies, those were human beings in the womb. But abortion's for thee and not for me. Abortion's on thee, but not on me. Don't abuse me. Don't abuse what I claim to be my natural rights. While I claim that we can ignore and deny the natural right to life, to pre-born human beings today. It was never about science, okay? It was about power. It was about their attempt to redefine themselves as creators who can decide who gets to live and who gets to die and who gets to transform themselves from men into women and who gets to redefine human nature, castigating all their political opponents as rubes and subhuman or untermensch because they believe in natural rights and the recognition of their source. God himself. It was about transforming the lab coats of the scientists into the cassocks of priests to expand their theocracy into every corner of society until they remake all of society in their own image. And abortion is the subterfuge, strategic attempt to accomplish all of this. The left needs abortion to accomplish everything else that they want to accomplish. You need to understand this. For if you can defy even the constraints of human nature itself, that all human beings have human rights because we're different from other creatures. And so what grounds our rights is that they come from God and that we're different from every other creature. We're human beings. If you can defy even human nature and say, not all humans are persons, not all humans deserve human rights, and we can define certain human beings out of existence as blobs of tissue, if you can pull that off and proselytize the next generation into your Gnostic, strange, alternative religion of leftism, what else can you not accomplish? You see, if you can pull that off, then you can entirely upend society and remake it in your own image, and that's always been the point, isn't it? To, to, to upend society and then to enshrine the very theocracy that they claim to fear, the theocracy that they tell those Catholics they're trying to re-enshrine in America, when that's exactly what they're building. But they masquerade that alternative false religion as science and politics to shut you up. 
our consolation is that of Lincoln's, which is that those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves and under a just God cannot long retain it. This is the great conservative consolation, that reality always reasserts itself in the end, because to quote our founders, we hold these truths to be self-evident. So you can suppress that reality and truth for a while, but ultimately it will bubble back to the surface, and when it does, it will slap you in the face, because <laughs> reality is that brutal. Truth can be brutal, but it's no less true because of it, and when it slaps you in the face, you would do well to turn the other cheek to welcome reality back into our country as the long-lost friend that he is, so that we can accomplish the goal and the vision of this country, which is not idolatry, which is not to worship America over God, but to secure the blessings of liberty, the rights that come from God, to protect them for our neighbors as stewards of the American experiment we've been given, which has enabled the proclamation of the gospel more so than any other civilization or country in human history, and natural rights for all. And for Unfortunately, that natural right to life has been being denied to over 63 million unborn children since 1973. That's what we contend for. We may be driven by religious motivations that these human beings are created in the image of God, but those were what drove the motivations of our founders, the very country they built that the left is grateful to live in while they castigated as nasty and horrible. I guess some good things can come from religion. I guess some good things can come from Christianity. So thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, if you want to learn more and connect, and connect with me online, head on over to sethgruber.com. S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy E-R.com to sign up for my newsletter, to see my speaking schedule if you want to hear me speak live and local, and to book me for an event as I only have a few more openings left in 2021. Please give the show a rating and review wherever you listen. Subscribe on YouTube if you'd like to watch this show visually and enjoy our graphics. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. <laughs>